Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzana of MetabolicMasterpiece.com, along with my co-host, Brian Cron of BrianCron.com. And today we have an extra, extra, extra special guest, Tom Venuto, author of The Body Fat Solution, Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle, and creator of the Burn the Fat Inner Circle. Uh, Tom, buddy, man, it's been a little while. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us on this call. It's really, uh, really great to have you on here. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, ever since uh, I mean, I figured this the Modern Musclehead podcast when I when I started this, I just I couldn't wait to get you on the show, just Musclehead and, and us meatheads here uniting for for a greater uh, the greater good, the, the, the evidence based bros who uh, still love the, the in the trenches experience as well. Yeah, I gotta say, Tom, I, you're uh, that original burn the fat, feed the muscle. That was probably the first book I ever bought. Like my first electronic training book I ever bought, and uh, at least I hope I bought it. I know I, I know I sure read it a million times. <laughs> I I hope you did too. Otherwise, the legal team is coming after you. <laughs> it was definitely it was my first uh, fitness. Is my first ebook ever purchased as yeah. well, and first newsletter I ever subscribed to the the fitness renaissance. Every and as a monthly issue, so I'm always my mouth was watering uh, towards the end of uh, the month when I knew. Uh, it should your your email newsletter should be coming out there, and uh, it was pretty cool to have that that monthly frequency there and the different articles in there. Always learned a lot of that. That one goes way back to the day. To uh, wow, that was the nineteen ninety nine. It started. Yes. Well, I I'd say I started reading. Well, it's probably been eleven years since I started. Uh, 11 or 12 years since I started reading Fitness Renaissance and then got the ebook. But yeah, that was when I first, I mean, you really exposed me to a lot of the the classic bodybuilding stuff, the, the Vince Garanda's work, the eight sets of eight. Um, it just got me completely hooked on old school classic physique training. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about today. I, I know your typical kind of go-to split. You're, you're a four-day split guy. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what is it? about this four day split that, that really appeals to you. And I mean, you really, you got me hooked on it. Uh, I've done various splits over the past few years and, um, we spent my workout partner, and I spent 16 weeks doing a four day split, uh, just prior to this high frequency training. And we absolutely loved it. Uh, so I'm just curious about, I know what the appeal is to me, but I'm curious why, why it seems to be your go-to, um, split. Yeah, that is my go-to split, uh, four day split. I've been using for years, decades, probably the last 15 years or so. That's been my primary program, and anything else I did was just like an experiment. What do I like about it? Well, when I started out, I was, you know, like a lot of people, I just started out with full body, and then I tried to just split it in half, do upper, lower. Those were both great for getting started. And then the first, what I would call purest bodybuilding split I did was a three-day split, and eventually I just found out that I was getting a little bit burned out. I felt like I wasn't recovering enough on a three-day split. So someone suggested to me, well, if you need more recovery time, split more. Instead of splitting your body three ways, split it four ways. Some guys split it five ways. You know, they're doing almost one body part a day. Now, I didn't go that far with it. I split it up uh, four ways. I would do uh, back and calves one day, uh, chest and biceps plus forearms the next day, uh, shoulders and triceps and uh, quads and hams, throw in the calves a couple times a week in there, and that was the split. And so it, what really first prompted me to go on it was I wanted more recovery time. And right. I first started off with four days on and one day off. And, you know, talking with, you know, some of my, my mentors and training partners, I, I eventually wanted even more 
time off. So I took that four-day split and did it on a two-on-one-off rotation. So what really prompted it was uh, I want to recover more. And at the same time, I discovered that I could add more volume. I mean, I could do a lot of exercises. If the only thing I have to do in one workout is chest and buys, I got plenty of time to do all the exercises I want to do. So I can hit every angle. I can do an incline. I can do a, a vertical or flat. I can do um, a decline. I can do cables. I can do a machine. I have plenty of time, and I'm still not in the gym for hours a day. So you know, that, that's what makes that split a purist bodybuilding routine and that's probably what i like about it the most and, and why why hit the muscle from all angles I mean, a lot of the bros listening to this i mean most of us are we do the exact same thing but there's a lot of critics out there so oh, we're wasting our freaking time trying to hit the muscles from different angles just pick one or two core movements and it'll do the trick what what are the benefits of kind of really increasing that volume per body part and and well, this is, this is why I, I point out that it's a purist bodybuilding routine because there seems to be a heck of a lot of confusion today about the difference between bodybuilding and weightlifting. Right. There was just an article on T Nation. Uh, I forget the author's name. It was called, Is Powerlifting Ruining Bodybuilding? Right. And basically, you know, the idea is, is all this focus on strength, just get stronger, just do strength routines, and that will automatically translate into muscle mass. Is that really the right approach for bodybuilders? The answer is no, it's not. Bodybuilders need more volume because that's hypertrophy is stimulated by more volume. And bodybuilders need to work multiple angles. You know, for example, let's take my delts. Is somebody going to tell me that all I have to do is overhead press heavy and I'm going to have huge 3D round cap delts? I mean, no way. The, the side lateral raise is really, honestly, isn't that more the, the core primary exercise for a bodybuilder? It wants to round out those caps. And then what if, you're, yeah, and what if your rear delts are lagging? And to be honest, my rear delts probably lag a little bit behind my side and front. I need to do a rear. A rear. I mean, that's a minimum of three exercises. Right. Yep. Yeah, you're speaking, <laughs> you're, you're speaking my language, man. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm over 40 now, too, and I just find the, the lighter I train and the more volume and the less I'm concerned about weight, uh, the better my physique gets and the less I have to see my beloved chiropractor. <laughs> in in reading like following along with your journal there tom uh in the burn the fat inner circle you're bringing up uh how especially for your chest because you've had a, a pec injury in the past um rarely if I, at all do you ever go heavy so you just really focus on lighter and really controlled movements so it, oftentimes it seemed like a lot of us guys we kind of we learn the lesson the hard way that it's it's not all about going heavy and and oftentimes it, it takes that injury to go shit i gotta slow this thing down and when you're you reduce the weight and you're slowing down the movement you're like holy smokes i actually feel the tension exactly where i'm supposed to be feeling it it's mm-hmm. kind of a little light bulb goes off there and there's a lot of ways to achieve that too uh, you, you know you can very simply you can reduce your rest intervals a little bit you don't have to rest two or three minutes between sets anymore and you can start focusing on the density of, of the workout you can um, start doing more supersets. You could slow down your reps. You can throw in continuous tension. Uh, I just switched from uh, heavy squats to continuous tension squats, and I'm using a fraction of the weight I was when I'm doing a full lockout and standing up. Yeah. And my quads are getting so much more pump and immediately started to see a growth spurt again. Now, so I'm training lighter on squats, yeah. and just by adding continuous tension as the technique, I'm getting more size and better pumps in my quads than I was going heavier. Mm-hmm. I find I can steer that mind muscle connection a, a heck of a lot better as well, slowing down that 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 yeah. movement, 
really feel it right where I want to feel in the quad. Slight, slight little adjustments with where I'm applying pressure with my feet and it's uh, night and day where I can uh, feel attention. You, you've put me through some of that intensity technique. We went a little bit lighter with the weight, controlled the movement, and then a little not locking out at the top, and then uh, the, the brief little rest pause. You take that little bit of a, a few breaths and then keep going at her again and uh, just freaking works wonders. And it's amazing, the pump and, and the, the damage you can do to those muscles in, uh, in a short period of time there. And with like next to no lower back fatigue, yeah. that's just, that's what makes it awesome. Is that you can thereby you can squat even a little bit more frequently because you know your lower back isn't as cooked. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, and I find even more so with the the leg press has become my favorite machine lately, and the machine that has been just beaten to death by so many experts out there. So it's going to break your back and everything. It's become my favorite <laughs> machine because uh, I just especially for high rep leg work there my, my quads are just on freaking fire when i'm doing high reps on those and but i'm curious like who's bashing the leg press is it strength and conditioning coaches yeah. power lifters uh, uh certified personal trainers who are just out of college you know with a, an exercise science degree or bodybuilders i don't hear bodybuilders bad mouth on leg press because they know <laughs> it's all context man like it's just yeah people are looking at it like yeah, obviously a leg press probably won't improve your your squat performance much. But if that's why you're doing it, then that's that's a totally different issue. Like you're, you know, I hit a leg press to get bigger quads. I mean, it, I don't do it to be, have a stronger squat. But I yeah. think people, you know, people never consider the context of why we do stuff. Right. I posted a picture on Instagram a couple of weeks ago of one of the leg presses at Strong and Shapely Gym. It's a Nebula 35 degree plate load and I said at this gym there's nine different leg presses and every single one is unique each one has a different angle it takes a connoisseur bodybuilder and gym owner to appreciate that oh nine leg presses that's nine they even have the vertical you know the old one they got a picture of in the pumping iron book you never see that anymore because it's some kind of liability issue with most gyms (laughs) but strong and shapely that's not most gyms that's outstanding we need more of those around for sure Definitely gets me. I've got to come visit. <laughs> got to come visit and get a workout in there for sure. Now, you mentioned like going to a four-day split is a great way to help you increase the volume of training a muscle. Now, recently, you've just dedicated a fair amount of time to, to this building season, um, improvement season, where you're, you're building up your physique, trying to gain some extra muscle mass there. And during this process, you went back to... The three-day split, the classic muscle programming that you used to follow. Now, when you're doing something like this, is it <clears throat> are you decreasing the volume, or do you find ways to work in um, more volume or maintain that volume during a three-day split? Generally, there's a slight decrease in volume. If I have uh, back and chest day on a four-day split, I mean, I'm not back and chest. Uh, if I have back and calves, only yeah. one major muscle group on a four-day split, and then a little muscle group, maybe my calves. I can do a lot of volume for back. Yep. And back is a really complex muscle with all kinds of different angles. And it's not just your lats. It's, it's a lot of muscles. And if you're going to train your lower back in there too, that's a lot of exercises, a lot of, a lot of variety. Uh, if I'm going to do a three-day split, now I'm training chest and back. Now I have to get two major muscle groups squeezed in in one workout. So it, it's, a, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, energy it requires and a lot more time. So I usually don't do quite as much volume. So on the four day split, I, I might do four exercises, especially if I'm supersetting something. Uh, not unheard of to do five if I'm counting every muscle, you know, even the lower back. 
on this new three-day split, um, I would typically maybe only do two, uh, three exercises on a big muscle group and two on a small muscle group. But you asked, is there some way to keep the volume up? If I want to increase the volume and I don't want to be in the gym for an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, um, I can, and I do occasionally, double split. I just did that yesterday, in fact. I, I did my back and I destroyed back. It was a really high-intensity workout. And uh, I had planned, actually, to do chest in the same session. And I decided, well, I did some extra volume and the intensity was just off the hook. Uh, I'm going to come back at night, do my chest at night, you know, eight hours later, and I'll be fresh. So not only am I fresh, so it's like doing a new workout, you know, completely recharged. I can also do more volume if I want to. Well, you must be <clears throat> must be on steroids. Yeah. All, all I've ever heard is that <laughs> those body, old school bodybuilders were had to be on steroids to do twice, two two day, two workout, two times in one day. It's you know, ridiculous. You know, I honestly it's, think uh, I honestly think if you double split, but take more days off. You know what I'm saying, like if you let's say you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you double split. I think you recover better than if you went like just one session, you know, six days a week. I think it's a, it's, it's a, I, I played with that in the fall and I really, yeah, I really noticed that just had a lot more recovery and the only challenge is the challenge on the schedule a little bit, but I really enjoyed yeah, that. That's it. It's a practical challenge. I see no downside to a double split. I see all upsides in terms of results that I'm going to get. I, I agree with you about recovery. For me, the main yeah. thing is energy. I know yeah. some people, may, maybe I don't have as much stamina as other people, but on back mm -hmm. and quads, if I go all out on either back or quads, I'm shot. And if I still have one more body part to do after that, I can do it and I can do a good job, but it's not 100%. So yeah. just coming into the gym, coming into the gym fresh again. You know, again, if I, if I spin back to the four-day split or, or even if somebody wanted to do a, you know, one body part a day, five-day split, that's an argument for that is you can just destroy one body part. And, and whatever's coming last is not getting neglected because it's either nothing else is coming or you're just doing a little muscle group. You're just doing your calves or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I definitely noticed the same thing. Even like abs and calves, if a lot of people save them for the end of the workout and the reason that they don't give them as much attention is because you just put yourself through a grueling workout and you're, you're exhausted, not just physically, but mentally. It takes a toll on you by the end of the, the session. So. Um, I definitely started splitting up, just going later in the day and, or doing my calves and abs earlier in the day um, and just giving them that extra, having the 100% focused and yeah. energy has made a, a huge difference in, uh, in developing those muscles. Yeah, typically what you hit first, that first 20 minutes, like after you're, whatever you're warmed up and you're engaged, like that first 15, 20 minutes, that's probably going to get the lion's share of your, of your focus and your intensity and where you're probably going to make the most kind of headway. You know, what, you're, what you do in that last 15 minutes, you know, you're, you're a little bit more depleted, a little more tired, and maybe checking your watch. Um, so, yeah, again, that's another argument for, for twice-a-day training because you have just that many more, you know, windows to just come in and hit that first thing really, really hard. Definitely. Yeah. Now, why, why, um, now, why did you decide to go back to the three-day split? What, what, uh, what piqued your interest to to give it a shot again there's a couple reasons part of it was just curiosity to see what would happen if i went back to the first purest bodybuilding routine that i ever used that's the oh. that is the routine that i used when i won my first few shows i mean we're going back wow uh 1989 the natural new jersey i was using three-day split um in the next year 1990 i won the overall natural pennsylvania and then there was a show after that a natural mid-atlantic states and i won that 
so I mean, this is we're, we're going back to the 1990s here, and then I was just on a four-day split for for years, and I was just curious to see what would happen if I went back to that. Uh, I, you know, somebody actually asked me, you know, how did you train? I, they, they saw a picture I posted of uh, one of my flashback pictures of, of one of those first contests. I'm like, man, you look good. How were you training back then? So I thought, well, I was younger. It would work for me then. You know, is it going to work for me now? Because there's a big difference between these these two programs in training frequency. Uh, I was hitting each muscle group. After I decided to start going with a two-on-one-off rotation, I would be training each muscle group once every six days on that four-day split. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do a three-day split and you go and you train it three-on-one-off, now you're working each muscle group once every four days. That's almost twice a week. It's a pretty big difference. Yep. And that, that actually is the second reason is I was curious to see – um, what would happen if I trained with a higher frequency? Am I still going to recover? Um, or, you know, I'm 46 now. Have my recovery needs changed? Do I need more time before I train another body part? Or there is a lot of actual discussion today that that's favoring more frequent training. So, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of prompted the question too. So I'm like, well, let me, let me give it a try. Yeah, and especially in us experienced athletes, I think that's what I'm seeing more is that um, it's – the higher frequency seems to have a bigger benefit for us guys who have been training for a mm -hmm. while. Something with the mo muscle protein synthesis, the, that little window gets smaller and smaller um, than in, in the past. So we need to, we need to stimulate it uh, more often is, is what I've been seeing in, in some of the uh, literature out there. You kind of happened on something I wanted to ask you about, Tom. Um, so you say you're 46 and, uh, and now, you know, you're obviously you're not, you know, that's not 19, 20, 21. Like, are you finding actual tangible differences in your training quality? Like, have, do you notice that you can't, you know, perform to the same degree? Or do you think a lot of that is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that people have in their heads? Like, oh, shit, I'm 40 years old. I can't do that. I should just, you know, do cable flies and run on the elliptical, you know. Or, like, well, do that you is notice it? Yeah, go ahead. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy that other people have, but I don't have that one. Thankfully. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, there is a difference. I, I'll tell you the main difference, and I don't know yeah. if it's chronological age or I don't know if it's training age, which is just flat-out wear and tear. Yeah. And, and I do have to work around some joint pain, and some of it is significant. You know, my, my whole life I've had to deal with low back pain, so that's not an age thing. I ruptured uh, L4 in my low back when I was around 20 or 21. So I've had a whole history f since I've started almost of uh, dealing with back strains and, and getting, you know, having to work around that and oh, no squatting for a while and never deadlifted for years. Wouldn't you do bent over rows? It's just, it, was, it just changed the way I had to train. Right. But, so I still deal with that. It's probably better now. I think I've strengthened my lower back. So with age, it's gotten better. My lower back has gotten stronger just because I focused on it. But now mm -hmm. there's uh, elbows. Yeah, like each, each, both elbows hurt, and it's you know I look back, and I wonder it's some of the training I did in my twenties was that stupid? I mean, should I have been putting the forty-five pound plate on each side of the Olympic bar and doing skull crushers? I'm not sure. Maybe I should have done a little bit lighter. <laughs> yeah, you get it. That's one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that you know that kind of thing. Weird, weird things. I mean, I spend more time warming up and doing mobility work. I never thought I'd be a guy praising all that mobility work that yeah. I see people do before workouts because I don't know, it just didn't seem hardcore or whatever <laughs> but yeah. I mean it's it, it's really made a big difference in my in my training quality because I, I need a, I need a longer warm-up now when I'm older much longer warm-up I need to loosen up I need to get blood in there 
Yep. I, I, I feel weird twinges sometimes like in my hip flexor or my hip, you know, maybe a kind of twinge in my glute. And I'm like, what is this? I never felt any of this before. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know, is it chronological age really or is it just the wear and tear? Because, I mean, you look at any athlete in any sport, they've got a window. You, know, you can only box for so long. You can only, you know, play, you know, professional football for so long. Um, I think we have it a little bit better in bodybuilding because we get, can get smarter and change the way we train. Yeah. We, don't, we don't do that stupid stuff anymore. In fact, I think this is where bodybuilding style training really excels over. I mean, how long can you keep powerlifting? How long can you keep doing those Olympic lifts? Exactly. Yeah, I think like, like in, in athletics, you know, guys will say, you know, once they get a little bit older, they start to play scared a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they've had that, a couple of injuries and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's, if, they're, if they're a running back, they don't hit the hole quite as hard. Or if they're a hockey player, they don't, they don't mix it up quite as much because they, they're just worried about getting another injury. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's as big of a factor in bodybuilding. Like you can, it's, you know, you can kind of train scared, so to speak. It's just training smarter and, and still yeah. make great progress. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you said that, train scared. I was trying to explain my training partner just recently why I wasn't squatting the weights that I used to squat. I mean, I used to go three plates and up. I would do three plates, 12, 15, even 20 reps, and I'd hit 365. There was one point I was squatting 405, and I, I just don't go above 315 anymore. And he was mm-hmm. asking me why I didn't do it. And, and I think um, there is both a conscious and a subconscious uh, inhibition. I didn't call it playing scared, but it's the same thing you're saying. I called it an mm-hmm. inhibition where I would just hold myself back either intentionally or I know it was unconscious that I wouldn't put as much weight on or I would stop the set before because I didn't want that low back to blow out. Uh, I'm worried that something's going to you know, twinge in my hip or something and I never ever even thought of that. It didn't cross my mind when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. So at this point when you're not adding more weight on the bar for the squat, you're just incorporating different intensity techniques oh, yeah. in order to get that in the group? everyone's just about Let me tell you, progress it is, is easy. Just a, yeah. It is easy to make two. You can be a uh, three fifteen for sets of eight to twelve squatter, you know, with a past history of squatting four hundred as a bodybuilder, and you can squat with two twenty five to two seventy five using different techniques, and it'll you'll you'll get the same muscle growth response. You're just not going to get. You're just obviously not using much weight. You're not going to be as strong. Like continuous tension. I did continuous tension squats uh, last week, and it it. it <laughs> it was the first time I'd done them in a while, and it's brutal, man. You go slow down your tempo just a little bit, slap on two and a quarter on the bar. It's not that heavy. Mm-hmm. And you, you take about three seconds down, and you get all the way full, below parallel, break parallel, and then only come up about three quarters to four fifths. You know, you leave a few degrees range of motion at the top, and there's no pause at the top or the bottom. So it's continuous tension, continuous movement, and a slightly slower tempo and you do sets of 12 to 15 like that and your quads will be on fire like nothing that you've ever felt with the heavyweight <laughs> that sounds horrible just hearing that i know exactly what that feels like <laughs> uh, even so. worse you do that last in your workout do that you know oh, like your leg yeah. presses yeah, yeah. <laughs> well then if you want to make it worse then you stop <laughs> the bar still on your shoulders take a few deep breaths and then you keep going with regular reps as mm-hmm. many as you can oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's levels to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Scott wants the next level. I he do. I, he, missed, I, he, missed, he missed a level last time. Oh, man. Yeah, I definitely am craving the next level now. Well, the last time we trained together, uh, I was just getting back into into the bodybuilding stuff after doing all that mainstream fitness crap. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, that, that level workout, yeah. You should have saw it, Brian. I was—I almost got lapped. 
I almost got laughed. I had to almost miss my time to it's my time to go, and I couldn't. Uh, I was I was catching my wind still. Legs were burning. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, what are uh, have you noticed a difference between the four day split and the three day split? Are are you are you hooked on a three day split now, or are you kind of eager to get back to a, a four day split? Are you noticing improvements with it? Do you think it's better? to do three days or is it just good to keep mixing it up? It's not, it's it not up? better. It's just, it's slightly different. I mean, here we have my two favorite training programs. Uh, I can tell you, I, I am going to stick through this for, for quite a while, the three days, because again, it is a higher frequency that I've been doing in, in say 15 years by, by a fairly significant factor. And, and I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm still doing a decent amount of volume. So I, I feel like I'm riding right on a razor's edge of uh, recovery and overtraining and that's kind of actually where I want to be mm-hmm. but because I cycle the training I, you know what I'm doing with this three-day program more than I did with four days I'm cycling I'm more carefully cycling intensity and I'm doing a more structured program in terms of rotating weight and rep, rep ranges whereas back in the day when I was competing and doing that four-day split it was only two on one off I would just go in there and destroy it every time I mean every time <laughs> mm-hmm. I really, I mean, and I, I built, I got a reputation for it. Like people didn't want to train with me and even my training partners, people who knew me back then. And I, I, I was just talking to two different people about this this past week. They're like, man, you know, you should compete again the way you trained back in the day. He's like, it was, I've never seen anything like it. When I was working out with you, I just wanted to, to, to run out the fire exit and not come back in and finish. And it was, <laughs> people were reminding me of stuff that I did that I don't even remember that I trained that hard. I'm like, nah. I didn't train that hard. It's like you were a freaking maniac. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would that's how I would do it. And to make this three day split more sustainable with a higher frequency, while I'm still keeping my volume up, is I'm just being more intelligent with um, mm-hmm. you know, call it the cycle training method. You know, cycling intensity periodization of the program, basically. Right. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that's the the rate of perceived exhaustion in your workout. You see that a lot nowadays where people have it programmed in there. Like one, one week you're going in there and you're, you're going like 70% of what you would do. And the next week is like 80%. Then you're kind of working between the 80 and 90%. Never rarely, if ever going like all out balls to the wall. And then you have to dial things back again. Um, I can totally relate to your, your story there. Cause I, it's, I find it hard to I think it's natural for me just to want to give her every single time I go in there, but then after a few weeks, my my body has a way of telling me, all right, it's time to time to dial back again for for a week. Yeah, and it happens sooner. It's not that training with that all out intensity doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it worked great for me. It helped me win my competitions. It helped me get into some pretty pretty crazy shape back in the nineties and the two thousands. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just not sustainable. Uh, you're you know you're more likely to get hurt. It's yeah. it, it's not physically or mentally sustainable. You start to get anxiety about going in, and, and yeah, at, at some point it's just not enjoy, enjoyable to just keep to keep banging it like that. But I but I like to still um, approach that on some days now and just really go all out. I mean, blast it to failure and beyond all kinds of set extension techniques. I'm just dialing it back now, and, and I think that's what's making this three day split work really well for me, and that. That, probably that's why that four-day split worked for me. I think when I go back to the four-day split, I'm just going to put more of these cycle training techniques into the same thing, and maybe you know maybe I'll, I'll meet in the middle and do uh, a frequency yeah. around once every five days. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's interesting. I, I you mentioned the early '90s. I mean, I, I don't know. I, was, I got caught in a in a, in a YouTube black hole. I was just looking at old training videos, <laughs> and I, 
I happened upon that. Remember those classic Dorian Yates videos from yeah. the black and white ones, where that yeah. guy that, like, th I mean, that I've never seen that kind of intensity live, especially not lately in the, in the gyms I've been. People just don't. I mean, say what you want about his training methods, whatever, but people do not channel that level of mental engagement anymore. It seems. I agree, and and I think there's a place for it. It's just the uh, intelligent application of it. Mm -hmm. You have to train really hard to be a good bodybuilder. Unless yeah. you're a genetic freak and, and you're on all kinds of gear, mm -hmm. you have to train really, really hard. I mean, it's, it, I'm not going to say, you know, it's, it's just train as hard as you can. That's all there is to it. It takes a smarter approach than that, but it's, it's, one, it's one piece to it. I have that video, by the way, on a VHS cassette. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> that guy screaming in his ear, I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like, so we're talking about periodizing here and different rep ranges. It's one of the things that I found really um, interesting with uh, the new bodybuilding TNB there where you had the upper lower split and the first time you did upper lower, it was strength focused. The next time was hypertrophy focus. And you're working that type of thing in with this three day split where like one week you're going in and focusing in a certain rep range, hypertrophy range. And next week you you change the reps in there. Are there benefits to separating these strength and hypertrophy days? I know I've heard some coaches talking about um, how they think that um, if you combine like heavy lifting and lighter loads in the same workout, they're, they're kind of competing and there's a little bit of interference effect going on there. Uh, what do you think about all of that? Well, I've heard the same thing, but I'm not sure if it came from a bodybuilding coach or from a powerlifting coach. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. Uh, I don't know if that's going to affect affect your strength. Uh, I think it's it's possible. I I think there's been you know there is something called concurrent periodization where you hit all three rep ranges in the same workout. Right. And you know I remember back going back in the 90s, even the 80s, they had this thing called the three rep system, and you know you would do you know, a 20, a 12, and a 5 or 6. You know, you hit all three. You'd hit this, just the strength, hypertrophy, metabolic rep range. And you would either do those on the same exercise, so there's your three sets, or you would pick three different exercises, and each one would be done in a different rep range. And if you wanted to, you could hit your heavy one first, which is probably what you would do. So you got your strength work out of the way. And then you move into hypertrophy and finish up with metabolic, which is kind of kind of logical. Mm -hmm. And and that works. I have no doubt that that works for bodybuilding. Is you know is is doing too much hypertrophy work going to interfere with with strength and powerlifting? Um, may, maybe it does. That's a question for a power powerlifting mm -hmm. coach or a strength coach. I, I could tell you this. There was a guy at our gym. His name's Joel. He's a seven hundred bencher. And this is going back a few years. Yeah, seven hundred. We also the whole gym stopped <laughs> to watch him train. It was a spe it was a spectacle. And we would watch him do his bench press day and his squat. They have one of those, what is it called, though, with the hydraulic monolift, right? Yeah, yeah. They have one of those. There are powerlifters at our gym. It's not just a bodybuilding gym. And uh, I would watch him do these total powerlifting routine. And then he'd be all done. And then I'd watch him go over, pick up a bar, and do curls. Mm -hmm. And he had pretty good arms. And, and <laughs> you know, he had some kind of record. He had some kind of uh, national or world record in his bench press. And so at least doing some curls for some higher reps certainly didn't affect his performance. And then, you know, interesting yeah. enough, the summer after that, uh, he did a bodybuilding contest. I don't know how his aesthetics and his symmetry were, but I know that he was huge and he got shredded. <laughs> 
So I know he changed his training for that. So, you know, hey, training is specific. So, you know, strength and power training is going to be a little bit different and bodybuilding training is going to be a little bit different. Personally, I think that using all the rep ranges in bodybuilding is one of the major keys to progress. And whether you're going to do it alternating, undulating, or concurrence, you know, I, I don't know which one is better. I know they all, I think they all work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've been mixing them up myself. And I, I do find, I love concurrent. I, I love hitting getting a big heavy lift in there and then moving on to hypertrophy and metabolic um, mm-hmm. afterwards. It just, it, it feels great. I, I love hitting it all and I'm not looking to be the strongest guy in the gym, but um, I find my, my body kind of feeds off of it. But there's something, it, it's a unique feeling when I do go in the gym and do heavy lifting one day and the next day I might, I don't really feel quite a sore. It's a different kind of soreness, if anything. And then you do the, the if you have a hypertrophy focus workout, the next day is when I'm kind of crawling around afterwards. So to- mm-hmm. totally different experience during and afterwards and a different kind of fatigue. It's almost you, when you that central nervous system gets shot from the the heavy lifting, it, it, you feel a completely different kind of fatigue than your muscles. Are, they're so pumped full of blood that you can't even move them anymore. Are, now, Tom, uh, you said something interesting. Now, are you you're doing another uh, a bulk phase right now? Yeah, I've been bulking for a while. Actually, I yeah. to be honest, Scott might you you might know this. In the past few years, I've tried on three different occasions to get over two hundred pounds, and and mm-hmm. I bailed. I either failed or I just quit. I got sick of eating and fell back yep. down to the one nineties on three different occasions. So, um, some people thought I struck out, but you but they forgot you get three you get three outs. So I tried again. <laughs> And this time I did it. I got my. I, I've been I've been bulking all year. I started around 190, and uh, I, I hit 200 stock, and now I'm around like in the morning, with no close, but 201, 202 right now. Like, are you finding like one thing? Like, I've always been a kind of bulk every year kind of guy, and then lean out. But I'm coming up on 42 now, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too old for weight swings. Maybe I should just kind of happen, you know, stay within striking mm-hmm. distance of being pretty lean. And but then uh-huh. I hear like a guy like you, like a pro like you, who's still doing control bulks i'm like oh man maybe i'm maybe i should be doing that like what's well, your, what, listen, what are your we thoughts are, on that we all know the pros and cons of bulking including the fact that uh it's you look better when your abs show <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh you know you know and the early phase of a bulk is a ton of fun you, you know you can loosen up you, you, your food choices. Not that you can't be flexible on a, on cutting. Obviously, we can. That's another conversation. But you know, your diet's loose. Your diet's looser. You get to eat more. You're eating a lot more carbs for sure. You know, so it's kind of fun. But then that gets to be a drag towards the end. I mean, there's pros and there's pros and cons to it. I just wanted to do one last time to get as big as I have ever been, if not bigger. I don't think I've ever been more than 204, 205, and that's probably generous. That's probably like weighing myself at the end of the day on a high carb day. Yep. So, I mean, if I could get my weight to like 206, 207, I'd be the biggest I've ever been at 46. My body fat is still under 12, which is it's a little high for me because I used to be a maniac about staying in single digits. That was my that was I had a law, I had a rule. I'm never going over, you know, 9.9% and I would immediately start a cut every time, you know, I saw it creep up over 10. And this time I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm 12% body fat, okay. Um but I just, yeah. I just wanted before, before I try to cut again. I just, I'm, I'm almost agreeing that yeah, I don't think I'm going to do a, a, a bulk again. I think I just want to see how big I can get now, and then I'm going to stay lean. I, I've stayed really pretty lean, you know, upper 180s, low 190s for the last, last several years. Not shredded, but you know, lean enough to mm-hmm. see abs. Hmm. Yeah, I remember. I think 
I think you were down here when uh, your first failed attempt at the, the bulk. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> we, we had to uh, <laughs> we had to stop off at like a little convenience store so we can get him some hard boiled eggs. I remember. <laughs> Costas Could was texting you, making sure that yeah, no no missing meals, no making sure your protein That's right. is up. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Because I usually lose weight when I travel. Most people gain. I usually lose weight. I, it's just because I'm so used to eating, you know, five times a day or even six. And I, sometimes I don't eat as much when I'm traveling. I have to bring food or I'm always eating wherever I am. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, we just recently had a conversation yesterday in, the, in your inner circle there. We're talking about this three-day split. Um, and women are always curious, like, should is this type of training for them? Should they be training any different? So what are your views on, on four-day splits and three-day splits? Well, sure, they'll work for women, but I think you know how you train is is more goal based than gender based. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this could be a whole separate tangent, but I mean, if a girl says my goal is to gain muscle, and let's say she's I want to gain muscle size, and I want to you know I want to put muscle here on my delts and bring out my lats and get the V shape and the cap on my delts, and I want to put a nice round on my glutes and put some little size on my thighs, and maybe I'm going to do a figure show. Why? Why not? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't she do a, a bodybuilding routine? It, it would definitely work. Mm. But but I think um, I think the reason that um, probably more men are using and will continue to use body part split routines like this is because it's a quote bodybuilding workout and it's a quote muscle building workout, and those aren't primary goals for most women. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's, yeah, agree. Now now when you when you shift from bulking to cutting are you going to change anything there or like with the split or will you will you continue using a three-day split for your training um during a cut as well and just start I've, making other modifications i've never changed my weight training very much when i'm cutting it's, exactly. it's pretty much the same thing yeah. it's just when, when you get lighter and, and more depleted and you're getting really lean you, you're, you're not going to be training for strength anymore so I, I want to keep the muscle I have, so I want to keep a little bit of strength training in there. But it's more like my training is hypertrophy training than, than strength training. So there's you know a little more shift to the 8 to 12, a little bit more metabolic work. You know, I know back in the old days they used to talk about, the old, the old school guys used to talk about changing their training for a contest. You know, Arnold and all those guys talked about it. Joe Weider had this thing called quality training, which was kind of a weird name for uh, density, increasing density. I always thought that was a bad name. He just meant you're going to cut down the rest intervals between sets. So, I mean, you can do that before a competition if you want to. And, um, you know, there may be small changes in your training style, but I, I don't really train that different. To me, it's I, I, it's diet and I add some cardio, yep. mainly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I wanted to throw this at you, Tom. I mean, forgive me, I'm kind of paraphrasing. I've read your book a million times, but uh, it's been a while since I read it. But I, as I recall, I think in, you have a Q, in your Q&A, uh, you said one of the first things that you would do if you're going to help a, a bodybuilder get in shape is just start stepping up their cardio more than anything. Um, hopefully, I'm not putting words in your mouth and I'm quoting somebody else. Um, but I know you, you do include a decent amount of cardio in your preps. Um, yeah, has, I'm, no, I'm not a, anti. Yeah, you're not anti. Like, so I'm not has anti. That evolved? Okay. So, so how has that evolved at all? And what would, how, would you, how do you approach cardio now? As you, as, you, you know, as you work with the guy to get him leaner? I'm a little more conservative with cardio than I used to be. Just, okay. just if I can get away with a little bit less than I used to, I'm going to. I mean, we, we could argue that the, you know, the ideal amount of cardio for a bodybuilder 
is the least they can get away with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If it's diet, if it's diet and weight training, I mean, you you can make that argument. I just think it's it's ridiculous to be like anti cardio. I see a lot of anti cardio sentiment. Again, I see it more in the strength, right? And, and yeah. it makes sense there in the strength field because you have that. You do have the interference effect, even with um, you know, uh, th- any more than three sessions of cardio a week, especially if it's high intensity. Any high intensity cardio session is almost like another leg workout. So you're you know you have more leg recovery to think about. But I don't want to lose any lean body mass. So I'm just a little more a little more conservative on cardio. But I, I like cardio and I like it personally. It's an individual thing. It mm-hmm. definitely individual. I know people who can get away with very little cardio and I know people who swear that it's the most effective thing for them. For me, cardio works for me really, really, really well. If I maintain my my food intake at a fairly high level and start adding cardio, my body fat just comes right down. Where and I look good, and I like the way I look, and I like the way I feel. Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing much cardio and I just cut calories, what my weight starts coming down, but it's kind of it's. I don't even know how to explain it. That I feel like I get flat, I get smaller, and and I just feel like um, there's just there, there, to me there's a big difference between cutting with cardio and cutting without. And for me, adding cardio is better, and mm-hmm. I use it as a dial. It's one of the di- – you hear the phrase when people prep is you're going to dial it in now. And dial it in, you have a few dials. You know, you're going to dial your calories down. You might do that by dialing carbs down. And then you take your hand on the other dial and you turn up the uh, cardio. So and that's one of the dials. It's not an on or off switch. It's a dial. So if I started with only three days a week of cardio, I'm going to turn it one click, and now I go to four days. And now I'm going to see what happens for a week. And if the fat's coming off at exactly the rate I want it coming off, these days, how it's evolved, I don't do anymore. It's not like mm-hmm. my cutting program is cardio every day. It's like right. I'll just turn dials, and I'll do whatever amount it takes. But I'm not afraid to turn it another click and go six days, and then turn it another click and go seven days. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try. I, I haven't done... Any double anything like double cardio in quite a long time. Though I did that in the past, I got really I got <laughs> shredded. But I'm but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there was some lean body mass sacrifice there, and it's just mm-hmm. entirely too much laundry you have to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. So, are you finding though? Um, something I, I kind of got turned on to, and I don't know if it's this is just one of the many bro science things that I've embraced that. If I kind of keep cardio out of my off season to just you know just kind of a bare minimum, that when I add it back in, when I'm starting to diet, it it, it kind of feels like a new stimulus, and the and the fat really tends to come off quite yes. fast, especially especially at first. So yes. am, am I just am I being a bro scientist oh, or am I good? No, no, <laughs> I agree 100. In in fact, I I that's in the new version of the book. I didn't I didn't call it um, cardio periodization in the original in that original book. But I thought it was so important. I added it when we did the new edition of Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle. And, and there is a few pages on the periodization of cardio. There's people that just get caught in this trap of doing an hour of cardio every day all the time, no matter what the season, no matter what the goal. And I think that's a bad move. I mean, I, you, I pull back the cardio in the off season. I, I have gone for periods of time with no cardio, and I kind of like it to admit it. But I, I'm better with two or three okay. two or three sessions um, a week. And, and I can – you know, I do a lot of um, – high rep leg and back training, like I'll do croc rows and I'll do 20 rep squats and I know when my cardio is off, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the test right there. I'm, when I'm sucking wind, when I can't even train the muscle on my high rep compound exercise days because I'm sucking wind, I know I need some cardio. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys do they completely neglect it, and during a building season, because they're afraid that they're going to be burning up too many calories. But there are lots of benefits of keeping a little bit in there, um, especially right. blood transport, um, getting nutrients out of the body, like nutrients into the muscle, and like the bioprice products out of the muscle. And remember the concept of um, a higher energy flux. I've I've heard that come up again it was you know, it must have been 10 years ago when Berardi was talking about that and I've heard that come mm-hmm. up again where people are in favor of that it's it's you can still have your same surplus at a higher level of energy expenditure mm-hmm. right yeah you're just going to be fit because you're doing that cardio <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah there's that whole fitness thing too <laughs> <laughs> and you know yep. health being healthy <laughs> right. almost forget about that <laughs> Not just awesome. all aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, is awesome. there is there a certain time frame when you do decide to to put an end to this uh, this improvement phase, this building phase, and um, start cutting? Is there a certain time frame that you're going to be locked on to that, or just take your time when it happens? Well, you know, yeah. because I'm I, I retired after, from competitive bodybuilding after 28 competitions, and that was 10 years ago. So everybody's always asking me, "Are you going to compete again?" And, and at this point, I'm not going to say if I'm going to compete again. Uh, and because I'm, I don't have a definite co- uh, plan to do a comeback yet, at least. I don't have a specific time frame, uh, but I do know that I'm going to keep pushing to get from you know the 202 or so I'm at now, and just try to crack that uh, 206, 207, and from there. That's when I would start a slow, you know, reversing it and do a slow cut. So it's probably going to happen in the summer, in the middle of the summer. I'll be cutting by the middle of the summer, mm-hmm. or at least kind of transition with kind of a sort of a recomp approach. And then I'd like to see myself get really lean in the fall. And then who knows? So we'll see what I look like in the fall. And maybe it, you know, maybe it changes my mind. Maybe all oh, you guys torture me, and you're like, "Man, you look good. You got to compete one more time. Come on, just <laughs> one more time, and then retire." And we'll we'll see what happens, but so I I don't have an exact date, you know, like I'm gonna peak on such and such a date, but that's my plan for this year. Yeah, finish the bulk and then cut. Excellent. Would you be a Would you be a masters then? Like I I know they've it varies on division or whatever in federation. Like, would you be at, at a masters level? At you know what's odd? You know what's really odd is that master starts at 35 in most organizations. I think that's bizarre. I mean, you're yeah, in your that's, prime for right. bodybuilding. At 35. You know what? I don't think I'm going to go in a master's competition because I don't want to like label myself as old. I'm going right in the open. If I can peak it. If I can peak it. I mean, you know, a lot of these dudes are peaking at 45, it seems. I, I think they, they, gotta, they are. Yeah. They, they sure are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave Gooden was at his highest competitive level after the age of 50. Wow. And, you know, and, I, and I'm, I have no reason to believe he's not 100% natural. No. You know, he was, he's... Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 160, 165, 175 pounds and just absolutely dialed in and with great, you know, great natural small waist and, mm-hmm. and a strong guy too. Some powerlifting. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I definitely, uh, looking at the, the Masters of, uh, division at the contest that I've, I've participated in and... Um, and watched it seems to me that's the toughest division <laughs> i was gonna say that i was just gonna say that sure yeah i'd, sure, I'd but... go open to keep it easy on myself <laughs> yeah. seriously though seriously like you know people associate a retirement age with what like 65 so come on yeah. let's, let's start master's bodybuilding at 65 hmm. yes I, I, agree. I, I then i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so if I don't compete, if I don't compete now, guys, get me back on the show in twenty years, and it'll be the AARP edition of uh, <laughs> Tom's comeback. 
that's yeah, that's great. that's my plan. Is I, I plan to live to be really, really old age. Like I'll compete in my nineties and I'll just own the show then because I'll have no competition and I'll actually get a trophy. There, <laughs> <laughs> win by default. Oh, crazy! Are there <laughs> any uh, any new like different in- uh, intensity techniques you've been toying around with, or just keep going with the good old old school like drop sets, supersets, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm old school. I have a few unique twists on some of those techniques. Like, let me tell you something. I just it's fresh in my mind because I just did it yesterday. Eventually, your body just starts to adapt to everything. Hmm. You can do drop drop sets are always great to tack on a little extra volume, and you know you're going to finish with a nice pump. But is it really going to stimulate some extra muscle growth if you've done it a thousand times before? So I'm always trying to think of different ways to progress my workout like what can I do in a workout I've never done before so my brain is just always going and and I'm just trying to like mix and match techniques like you know turning the Rubik's Cube and so yesterday I was like I'm gonna do a drop set on for, for every exercise I do on back but I'm gonna change the the angle so I did uh, one arm dumbbell rows I did my three sets my last set um, I had the 110s, did my set with that, dropped that, and I picked up the 85s. And then the, the regular set, you have a neutral grip, right? Your palm is facing you. So I did a drop set with a grip change. So I took the 85, and then I did pronate my grip. And there's a different angle of pull, too. I let my elbow flare out. So now um, probably a little bit less you know, latissimus there. I dare not say lower lats. But. <laughs> uh, go um, ahead. We don't just, mind. <laughs> and just more, um, there, there are trolls that might show up in your comments. But anyways, <laughs> I, I flare the elbow out and, and row, and now it's higher up. At the very least, we can say you're pulling in more, you know, rear deltoid and upper back, right? So you're involving some more muscles. And then I'll do another drop, so it's a double drop. Uh, I'll put that down, pick up the 65, and I'll do a supinated grip. And that's really different. Now my, el- my elbow's really tucked in, and I'm pulling with this. And, and it's like every single fiber in my back got hit. So... I use the old school techniques, but I have a lot of different twists like that, different angles, different, mm-hmm. you know, the super different types of supersets, different types of drop sets. And, uh, and if you are creative, you could do something different at every workout and never repeat the same workout. Do you like to have a, like, like, a, you know, work a variety in every workout or do you like to kind of, um, you know, kind of program variety, if you get what I'm saying, like do the same thing for say three workouts and then change it, or do you like total? You know, like you, you see, say, Ruby's you see, you. I've been doing. I like to stick with exercises longer these days than I used to. I've worked with a trainer before who never gave me the same workout. He changed. He rotated exercises almost every workout. He had some favorites, but he was always changing exercises. I like to to have the progression on the same exercise span weeks and weeks, sometimes a couple months maybe three months if I could still milk it for something. But, uh, but keep the same exercise. I'll be changing the rep ranges, and I'll be changing these techniques. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, continuity and consistency by training that exercise, and, and I'm picking the basic. I'm front squatting and squatting. Uh, I'm doing you know, barbell rows and dumbbell rows and, and pull-ups. I'm doing the basics, and I'm sticking with them. I'm not doing a lot of weird esoteric exercises. Yep. And then, you know, like at the end of the end of the last set, I'll throw in something crazy that I've, that I've never done before, that I just, you know, made up on the spot or, or, the, or the night before. So that, that's how I change, that's how I change things up. And the, the exercises do get rotated, but not every workout, not even, yeah. not even every week, maybe not even every month. Yep. Yep. 
I yeah, I've I've kind of gravitated towards doing that same way. Just yeah, you kind of pick something and you milk it in a few different ways, yeah. and then you change it. Yeah. I have to cool. say though, you know, the thing about bodybuilding these days, especially since the internet is, you know, people debate all the time, but that's because they dichotomize. People yeah. seem to think it's you know one or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, which periodization system is the best, and which? I could tell you I've made some of the best gains of my life where the exercises and everything in the entire workout changed at every session. For, by, for all intents and purposes, it was muscle confusion. Mm-hmm. It was a unique situation because I was working with a trainer who is extremely evil. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he just like pushed he, – he, Every workout was – there. I'm honestly telling the truth when I say there's a little bit of dread and anxiety before some of these workouts. That's how hard he pushed me. Yep. But, but I can tell you there was no continuity in the workouts and we had these discussions about it. I'm like, Don't, you know, shouldn't we you know, stick with one exercise? And he's like you – know, he, basically his answer was how many years have you been training, Benito? I'm like, well, at the time it was like 27. And he's like, you know, the longer you've been training – the faster your body adapts and the more you need to change things. So even though I know it'll work if we stick with the same exercises, this is going to work to shut up and trust me and just do what I tell you. And that's, that's actually why I went to train with him because there's times in your life that you don't want to think about all your programming. I mean, the workouts I'm doing now are very, very, very planned. I, mean, I spend a lot of time keeping my journal and planning them in advance. And back then, I, I wanted to do a show and I just wanted to go in the gym and just do, I didn't want to think. Yep. So I just kind of put myself in his hands. And I just think it's an interesting comparison because both of these approaches are working. Mm-hmm. The, t- the, the total muscle, call it muscle confusion if you want, it worked. It worked and the proof yeah. is in the trophy that I'm looking at right now that's still sitting in my mm-hmm. office. And mm-hmm. what I'm doing now, which is more structured and has more continuity, that worked. Mm-hmm. Such a benefit awesome. of going with another trainer or coach just to get out of your own head. I mean, there's been various things that uh, you've helped me break some, some good habits or some bad habits, whatever. Always putting like pull-ups at the beginning of the workout because you feel stronger with that. And then why not throw mm-hmm. it at the end of the workout? And then these different techniques, um, like I know I've used your that one drop set technique where it's varying the foot position on the leg press machine and just little different ways of, of just getting out of my own mind in terms of programming and just kind of opening up a whole new opportunity there. But yeah, every single one of them works. And I think that's the beauty of the sport that we're in is there's so many different things that we can try and experiment with and, and they all work. Uh, most of them work fantastic. I think your, your trainer said something really, really smart though. Um, and I've heard a few other really smart coaches say the same thing and the longer you've been at this, I do find, yeah, your body just gets wise to what you're throwing at it. And you do, it is, you have a little bit more of a responsibility to, to change things up, you know, a little more consistently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, and if you do stay with the same exercises like I am now, that's what I was getting at when I say everything else changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so if I stick the same exercise, fine, there's continuity there, but reps are changing, techniques are changing, the weights are changing, the intensity level is changing, something's changing constantly. And and I do my best to make it a progression. Yeah, yeah. And it's I sometimes forget how many exercises there really are. Like people, I don't know, man. You oh look man, at, you look Bill at some Pearl. Yes, yeah, Keith Bill the Pearl. Universe. Yep. Oh, you know it. There we go. Oh, I know it, man. I know it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's. He's got like nine hundred exercises for the calves. <laughs> Something like that. For real. 
yeah. that's nuts. Well, it's been fun following your uh, your journal there, recording in the the burn the fat inner circle. I think uh, there's just so much benefit to doing that. I think the accountability factor is huge. I mean, especially when you're putting the numbers in there as well. But even when you don't, like, I love that you let people know whether it's uh, this is a little lower volume than what I'm you typically see. But here's how I'm making it a little bit more intense. Like on paper, something might look easy, but how yeah. you're how you're performing it and there, there's method to the madness it makes it a lot more intense than it may look on paper um, but yeah it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and really exciting to uh so this this three-day plan that you got here three-day split the uh, classic muscle program that can be found um, for the members at the burn the fat inner circle dot or burn the fat inner circle dot com um and you're going to have a more advanced version as well for, for some of us. Uh, well, you're going through the level two one yourself right now, right? Is that uh, yeah, I've been doing this for, for quite some time. And I've been keeping meticulous records. And at the same time that I've been doing the program myself, I've been writing programming uh, f- that's going to work for other people. Um, regular people that may they may or may not be valuable or anybody who wants to gain muscle, this program will work for. Um, so it follows the same overall structure as the program I'm on, three-day split, same body part groupings. Uh, but it's a, it's a, in, th- what I have already completed is the introductory program. I call it the introduction to three-day muscle. And that's available at burnthefatinnercircle.com. It's one of the workout programs our members get. And as I continue to go through multiple cycles, uh, I'm going to be setting up additional programs, each one ramping up to a higher level of difficulty and intensity uh, in blocks. And that's going to be the complete three-day classic muscle program that I am going to make available to the public um, in the future. And um, I'm going to put it together with uh, a series of manuals that I've been working on for a long time that talks about all these techniques, you know, th- these different unique ways to do drop sets and to, you know, how do you do rest pause, how do you do continuous tension, all the techniques. Um, it's a classic technique, but maybe different ways that people have not heard of before. It's going to be like a catalog of uh, of training techniques and uh, an exercise guide. Uh, something I'll have in there on eating to gain muscle because you, when you stop to think about it, I've never really written about that much before. I've, everybody's always come to see me as the fat loss guy. Mm-hmm. So I'll be putting all that stuff together into a package in the future. I don't have the date yet. Um, it's a work in progress, but the introduction to three-day classic muscle is already available at burnthefatinnercircle.com, and it's in time for our summer body transformation challenge, mm-hmm. which uh, we're, we're going to kick off in about a week. That's outstanding, oh, well. and it sounds like yeah. a lot of people will be following that program, using that program to kick things off, yeah. and a lot of them are just, they're following your drill, and they want to follow exactly what you're doing uh, uh, from workout to workout, so it's... Uh, it's pretty awesome. I think the workout would be a perfect complement to the new the uh, nutrition strategies that you have in uh, burn the fat, mm-hmm. feeding the muscle. Yeah, we've always had more people with fat loss goals, you know, do our challenge than people who wanted to, to gain muscle. But we've got a community there at at burn the fat inner circle that's been open since two thousand six now, and we have a lot of longtime members who they're kind of veterans at this and they're already in shape, they're already lean, and so it's like okay, what what's next? And some for a lot of them especially if they've just been kind of holding steady in maintenance mode and then cutting up a little bit. Going on a muscle building program was just, just what the doctor ordered. So mm-hmm. so we, we expect uh, quite a few people to be uh, cutting and then quite a few people to be, be going in this to gain some muscle. Yeah, it's actually pretty – it's really exciting. I was just last week looking through 
the inner circle and some of the people's journals where you see they've been competing in these contests since like 2008, 2009. And to yeah. see each time how different they look, like these men and women in their 40s, some of them in the 50s, and each time, like year after year, how they've been able to improve their physique. And yep. even if they, they end up at the exact same body fat percentage at the end of each contest, they're the shape, the, the, the body recomposition that takes place uh, over a few years' time period, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's really yeah. exciting to see the yeah, comparison. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of people who aren't even competitive bodybuilders who have mastered what bodybuilders do is the ability to, to get themselves in really good shape and, and maintain it, to finally master that, that maintenance thing where they, you know, they said goodbye to the yo-yo dieting back and forth. So they got in good shape, they stayed in good shape, and now they, the challenge rolls around and they have a reason why to get in great shape and they have the motivation to do it. So that's what bodybuilders and physique athletes in all the divisions do. They're in good shape and they go to great shape and then they kind of cycle back to good shape. Because any, any shape that's your best shape, your peak shape, is not something that you're in all year round. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's kind of a concept that I've been trying to, to impress on, on people because we, you know, we, get the, we get the other impression when we look on the internet at all the, the, the selfies and all the fitness models and the magazines that somehow everybody in fitness who's accomplished is walking around shredded 365 yeah. days a year. But it's, well, wait a minute, that was the peak. That was the, that was mm -hmm. the competition or that was the photo shoot. Now, can you master the art of you know, being just like a few percent off of that and holding it all year round and then hitting your peak? And that's what we've been encouraging people to learn how to do and they're starting to do it successfully. Whereas you know, back in the early days, we had a lot of people who had relapsed just like anybody else. So yeah, it's been really exciting to see, see how this has evolved. This is the 13th, 13th official season of the Burn the Fat Challenge. That's uh, just wow. incredible. <laughs> what an awesome message too i mean it's it's yeah it's just something that has to be put out there more it, just for the reasons you say is that you know i don't know especially people who are kind of new at this they think you know once you get into great shape that's you know you you have to try to stay there all the time and build your life around it and it's just such a recipe for burnout so i think it's awesome that you're kind of you know fighting that and putting out a more intelligent message i think it's as with Everything. You burn the fat, feed the muscle. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And, and I think that's yeah. really what you've built there with the community is that, that sense of lifestyle, embracing the process, the journey, and, and people recognizing it, it, it's, it's a lifelong process. And there's countless ways to improve and grow um, through training and just the, the lifestyle in general. So it's, it's quite exciting. What an incredible community to be a part of. Mm -hmm. absolutely very cool man so burn the fat inner circle.com check that out i definitely encourage uh, getting in on board with uh with the challenge the, the transformation contest there and surrounding yourself with like-minded people um just just nothing nothing like that that uh, can i give uh, one quick uh commercial <laughs> for the contest yeah i it's I think pretty important can. actually <laughs> let's it's pretty it's pretty important actually because We've had all these contests, and uh, again, moving with the trend that um, people struggle with um, with body image or what's realistic and what can be maintained and what's a peak. Uh, for a while, we moved some of our contests away from just before and after picture competitions altogether, and it was a success. We had a contest called the Love Your Body Challenge, and it was just so well embraced. It was a different theme, and we scored it on points for instead of the end result. We, we scored it on um, activities. Can you 
you know, can you work out X times a week? You get X number of points and, and so on. And it was a big success. And we did a challenge that only lasted 28 days once just to develop new habits. We're going to identify some habits and you're going to repeat these behaviors every day. You'll get points, you'll win. So we've done all kinds of different challenges, before and after photos, and we've done these different ones. And, and we had moved away from before and after for a little while. And, and, and there was kind of a slow um, uprising, not an uprising, but a, you know, a bubbling up of, these, of the desire that people wanted to, to do the before and after again. And that's why we brought back the, the summer challenge. And it is a before and after photo body transformation challenge. And one of the things, aside from the community where you get all that motivation and accountability and support from other people, one of the things that motivated people the most was having some really nice, juicy grand prizes. Hmm. Now, I'm not giving away my Lamborghini because I don't have one. <laughs> However, <laughs> we used to give away a great vacation package to the winners. We had, you know, like I said, we, we went off into some different directions that we re and we retired that. And you are the first people that I am officially telling that we've brought back the Maui grand prize. So there is some Holy huge shit. motivation. Yes, yes. We have sent so far, when you go all the way back to the early days of the contest, 32 people to Maui or to some tropical island who won this contest. We've brought it back. This is amazing motivation. I mean, this is the reason, like anybody who's been thinking about getting in shape, I mean, anybody who has room for improvement could win this because we're not doing a judging like a bodybuilding or a figure contest where the person on that day with the best body wins. We're not doing it like that. This is a before and after transformation contest. So whoever has the most improvement between the before and the after, no matter what they, where they started or where they finished, it's the improvement we're looking at, we're going to send them to Maui. And we're going to send four people. We're going to send a male overall winner and, that, and his guest and a female winner and her guest. And this starts in just one week. So I'm really psyched about that. That should get some other people really psyched. Yeah, I always yeah. love um... – I love seeing the people's photos afterwards too and hearing their stories. I think some of them had videos. I think, didn't you send a video camera with um, some of the people at one time? Some people After brought back video, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just exciting to see. I mean, you, you put in all the hard work. And we were talking with uh, with Jeff Alberts last week in the last episode about you achieved this and, and there's something about the before and after photos. So like showing off the hard work that you had. I mean, it's uh, we don't want to discourage after photos and putting your photos out there. I think it's really exciting to to show off the hard work that you've you've put in there. And it was fun seeing them in a setting like a great beach vacation and in in a body that you've earned like that. Uh, I think it's incredibly exciting. Yeah, well, the contest think... details the contest details are going to go live at uh, burnthefatchallenge.com and uh, the contest is being held at uh, burnthefatinnercircle.com Awesome. I'll have all that on the website as well as a link to uh, to your blog and your books and all that stuff. Um, just just a boatload of information that you've, you've dished out there. Um, yeah, love all the challenges that you've put out there. Love your body. That's, you've had two of those, right? It's usually been around Valentine's right. Day. and Yeah, yeah. that's been I definitely as well, well embraced and it is. It's fun to put different twists. And like I said, it's this is your community is about growth. So we're growing in all these different areas, the habits, um, the steps for a lot of people. You've got your, what is it, the Everest challenge? Right. All right. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Not everybody is going to want to take before and after pictures. And we understand that. So we are having a the co-main event, 
is the Million Step Challenge and the Mount Everest Challenge. So all you need is a pedometer. You actually don't need one anymore. Almost every smartphone has one. You just need an app um, and, a, and a, either a pedometer or a, f- a phone that tracks your steps or your floors climbed. You keep track of them every day for 100 days. And uh, the sign of an active person, someone who's not a couch potato, is 10,000 steps a day. That's a benchmark. So 10,000 steps a day for 100 days is 1 million steps. And so we have this contest running alongside the before and after contest. People are going to do them both. People are going to do the pictures and the and the fitness challenge to do a, a million steps. Um, but someone who doesn't want to do before and after pictures can still be a part of this this summer and, and do the, the million step challenge. And um, if you are tracking floors climb too and you get the equivalent of climbing to the top of Mount Everest, then you're a winner in the Mount Everest challenge as well. So lots going on this summer. That is awesome. It is. It rocks. It's, yeah. it's, there's nothing like it out there. I absolutely love it. I think it just inspires. It just brings together a group of, of like-minded, goal-driven individuals. And there's nothing like surrounding yourself with people well, like that. Well, I just, I mean, I've been involved in, you know, different parts of these contests for years now. And, and to me, nothing is more, uh, I don't know, deflating is when someone makes an awesome transformation, you know, but they don't reach, you know, they don't look perfect at the end, but they make all this progress and then, the, but they for for whatever reason they feel bad at the end because they like they didn't win or they didn't look like you know the cover of Men's Fitness or something. And but they don't realize they did such an amazing job and they've made all this progress and they transformed their lives really. So I think it's cool that you kind of take this different kind of spin on the contest. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we're psyched. We're psyched. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, dude. Always awesome to talk with you, especially about all this meathead, musclehead, bro stuff. (laughs) Absolutely love it, man. And uh, look forward to training with you again soon. We got to get it going this summer. Um, Yeah, man. Just thanks a lot, Tom. Love, love, love the discussion. And uh, good luck with this challenge. I'm really excited to participate along and and, uh, yeah, follow everyone's journeys. Should be a blast. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Take care.